This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show and another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you every single morning at 8am. Hope you're doing good and well. Let's jump into the chat and say good morning to everybody. Matt G, good morning to you, to Stevie, to Nikolai, to Guna0411. Uh, Hamoud, good morning to you, mate. Jose, Answer, Marcus, Axel, good morning, everybody. Uh, Axel saying good morning, fellow TGT followers. Today is a great day. Travelling to see Dortmund. We'll try to convince Harland to join us uh, in the summer. Best of luck with that, Axel, but uh, I hope you have a great trip. Uh, Big O, good morning to you. Bismarck's Hugo, Zander, Mike, uh, Bradley, Harvey, um, <laughs> uh, Lynn, good morning to you. John, sorry, you weren't first. Uh, as close as you've been, though, to be fair. Pretty close indeed. Uh, Kudu, Gene Auburn, Exhal, Chris, uh, Trevor, Kevin, good morning, guys. Hope you're all doing good and well. There's already a poll in the chat box, which we'll come on to in just a second. Make sure that you drop your vote on that poll. And after you voted, make sure to drop a like on today's video as well. Really does appreciate that and helps the channel out as much as feasibly possible. So uh, do indeed make sure that you get that like button pressed and subscribe if you are indeed new to the channel as well. But as always, we kick off by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. I'll be live over there at 10 a.m. with Chris to be talking about plenty more stuff related to our beloved club. But we need to kick on with today's stories. And we start with the action from last night in both the Premier League and in Europe. Manchester United getting a draw against Chelsea in the end, which is probably the, one of the best results that we could have got. Um, it's still probably too far to catch Chelsea. I mean, they're six points ahead now. They are on the same amount of games played as us. Their games between now and the rest of the season, they have got some tricky fixtures, uh, granted. They're not all easy. Um, they've got to go to Everton on Sunday, which you would think they would win. They then play Wolves at home, and Wolves have really dropped off recently. They're on a way to Leeds United, who, of course, are in a bit of a, a relegation scrap. They're then at home to Leicester before playing their last game at home to Watford. So three home games and two away games against relegation rivals. It's a fairly simple run-in for them. You would expect Chelsea 
to go far. But they do play Liverpool in the FA Cup on the 14th of May. Really strange that they've put in the FA Cup so early. I prefer when the FA Cup is is well ahead um, of the end of the season. But it is what it is. Uh, sorry, well, at the yeah, at the end of the season is what I meant to say. <laughs> but uh, it's weird when they do, and they put it slightly earlier than when the season finishes. But it is what it is. Uh, West Ham United lost to Frankfurt. However, they are still very much in the tie, losing 2-1. Jarrod Bowen absolutely should have... Um, buried that overhead chance. I'm, of course, joking. It was one of the most ridiculous overhead kick attempts I've ever seen. Um, To get it even close to hitting the target was rather unbelievable. And it would have been probably one of the Puskas goals of the year if he'd have managed it because it was quite uh, the strike. But that does mean that West Ham still are very much in the game, which is kind of what Arsenal wanted. It means that we go into... um, It means we go into a situation where... West Ham will probably want to West West players going into that Thursday return leg in Germany. So hopefully we see plenty of players rested and Arsenal can pick up a comfortable victory on Sunday. Uh, Orin Lee in the chat. Hey Tom, could you give my dad a shout out please? His name is Mick uh, and he's a big fan of yours. Come on the Arsenal. Mick, you've got your shout out, mate. Hope you're a fantastic day and hope all is doing well and good. And thank you for tuning into the show. It's really appreciate the support on the channel. Um, Let's move on to our next European story, which was William Saliba faced off against Reese Nelson as Marseille travelled to Feyenoords. Feyenoords coming out 3-2 victors. If you haven't watched the game or the highlights of it, at least, you definitely should because there's some entertaining goals. There's some really poor defensive mistakes on a Marseille perspective. Saliba, um, I mean, I was looking on socials last night uh, from a lot of Marseille fans and he was getting quite a bit of criticism and Nelson was being very highly praised for his performance uh, and looked really, really dangerous on the right-hand side for Feyenoord. I'd be shocked if no one comes in for him in the summer. We have a year left on his contract and hopefully should be looking to try and get as much for him as feasibly possible. It goes to show that he can play in European competition and can play competently and get to a European semi-final and perform really, really well and contribute to the push to even get to a final. Feyenoord would certainly be um, alongside Roma and Leicester Uh, up there if they were to progress but Marseille will hope that they can get a home win and turn this tie around in their favour when it returns next week really exciting semi-final though uh, to look forward to the second legs of in terms of all of the fixtures they're all quite exciting the only one that you would think is is done and dusted is um, is the Villarreal Liverpool game you'd expect that Liverpool would be able to come through that but every other game Still very much open um, in, in this. So looking forward to seeing what happens. Now, uh, you probably all saw the kit leaks of the Arsenal kits with the little lightning bolts down the collar. And uh, that's pretty much been confirmed now after Granite Xhaka was pictured actually wearing the new shirt. It is covered up by the jacket he's wearing. But you can see if you look closely into the picture, the small lightning bolt symbol on the collar of the shirt that he's wearing. Clearly, they were doing some photo shoots for the new kit. Last season, we had the away kit launched before the end of the season, and you could actually order it. And we actually wore the away kit in that game against Crystal Palace, if you remember. So we could see the same thing happen again, and the new kit being worn before the end of the new season. I'm not sure if that is the plan. I have no inside information on that whatsoever. But it happened last year, so maybe we'll see a new kit launched before the season concludes this year. But Granit Xhaka... Wearing that kit um, confirms that that will be the home kit for next season. 
Now, Cedric has been linked with a move away from the club. Uh, he has been linked with a move to Porto, in which they'll be discussing a €5 million Euro move for Cedric at the end of the season. He still has two years left, or more, maybe even more. I think it's two years left on his contract at Arsenal at the conclusion of this year. Arsenal have been linked to a couple of right-backs already. As we know, Jed Spence has been linked. Uh, Nahuel Molina from Udinese has been linked too. And with Tommy Asser returning some fitness and Cedric wanting to maybe get some more game time guaranteed for him next season, Porto would be a good move. But Newcastle United are also interested in Cedric. That, though, looks less likely. Why he would go and be understudy to Kieran Trippier, I'm not so sure when he could go and fight with Joao Mario at Porto for the number one spot there. I think that it would be a good move. Um, but €5 million Euros is a very decent price for someone that we didn't pay anything for in terms of a transfer fee. So... I think that's a nice little bit of profit if we can make that happen and move on a player that, you know, we can definitely upgrade upon in the summer if we do go for one of those two right backs or we can replace him with Brooke Norton Cuffey. So there's plenty of options for Arsenal to replace Cedric in the summer if we do indeed decide to move him on. Now, Hector Bellerin will return in the summer, but not for long because Real Betis are in talks with Arsenal about a possible permanent transfer. Arsenal are said to want about 10 million euros, which is about 8 million odd quid, to, uh, to sell Hector Bellerin. I think this is personally underselling Hector Bellerin. I'd be looking for at least £10 million to sell Hector and why there wouldn't be more teams interested in signing a player with Premier League experience. He's played very well for Real Betis this season, got the uh, the goal, or got rather got the assist for the first goal in the Copa del Rey final. has been solid for Betis. Um, so why we wouldn't be asking for at least £10 million for him, I don't really understand. But I have left that open to your interpretation in the chat box with our poll for today, which is giving you four options. And either letting him walk away for next to nothing, a fee between 5 and £10 million, 10 to £15 million, and more than £15 million. Now, most of you have voted for the 10 to £15 million uh, option at 59%, 25% of you saying 5 to 10 million pounds, 12% of you saying 15 million pound plus, and 4% of you are saying that you'd let him walk away for next to nothing. We'll make sure to get some more reaction to that in the Q&A section at the end of the news. But make sure you drop a vote on the video and like today's video as well if you haven't done so already. Now, Bruno Large, the Wolves manager, has come out saying that he expects... Ruben Neves to be a player that could move on in the summer and that they're going to be looking at the situation for who he considers to be a £100 million player. Now, Ruben Neves, in my view, isn't really worth even £40 million, let alone £100 million. And I think any club going over £50 million quid for Ruben Neves is certainly overpaying. And if that is anywhere close to the figure that Wolves want for Ruben Neves, if they are going to sell him, they would be massively, massively overpaying for the Portuguese international central midfielder. He's just not a player that Arsenal need to go overboard with. Who knows what will happen, but I don't think he's a player that we need to spend anywhere near that amount of money on when you can try and find someone else for. I mean, if, if you consider the fact that Jude Bellingham would probably be gettable for that similar kind of money, why go for a six-year-older six player who's not as good as Jude Bellingham? I don't know. But uh, we'll have to see how this transpires across the rest of the season. Speaking of 100 million figures, Napoli supposedly want 100 million euros to consider selling Victor Ozymen this summer. Again, a fee that I don't think is reflective of Victor Ozymen in any way, shape or form. He's a player that, yes, is very good. He's a very good striker, can score plenty of goals. But 100 million euros? No. Nah. 
not for me just not worth that amount of money and i don't think that we should be contemplating spending 86 million pounds on a striker that so far got what 15 Serie A goals this year if that so i'd be looking to spend a lot less and going for gabriel jesus you could get tammy abraham for significantly less than that you could probably go and get lataro martinez from inter milan for significantly less than that so I don't think I'd go anywhere near Ozimen for that kind of price. But that is the reported fee that is being talked about. And his agent has now met with the club about leaving the summer. And our headline story is that Gabriel Jesus is confirmed to have no transfer or rather contract renewal talks underway with Manchester City. It is still expected that he will depart the club in the summer and Arsenal sit as favourites to sign him talks have been underway with his representatives since november december time last year been going on for a long 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 time positioning arsenal in a really strong place to then discuss with manchester city over a possible figure to sign the brazilian international in the summer it would be a really really solid move for arsenal and i hope it's one that we are able to get done and that completes all of today's stories. We're going to take a quick break. I'm also going to try and sort out this internet this morning. Again, it's being really frustratingly awful. And we'll crack on with the rest of today's show. Okay, um, I'm hoping that we should hopefully try and sort out a... <laughs> a slightly better connection but uh, I'm doubtful that it is going to sort itself out I can see on the screen a little bit fuzzy for you but uh, who knows it may get better it may not um, but it's frustratingly being rather annoying this morning so apologies that I'm looking a little bit fuzzy on your screen today I'm gonna have to get back onto Sky about sorting out what's going on with the internet in the area because it's still quite poor as you can see on your screen blurry Tom as Christopher says what we might do is we might just throw up an extra Q and A screen so that you don't actually have to stare at my blurry face throughout the uh, the <laughs> the course of this period of the show. Let's do that for you, and uh, we'll start getting some of your questions up on the screen. So if you do indeed have any questions that you'd like to ask, please do throw them up on the screen, and uh, we'll go through those as quickly as feasibly possible. Let's just add in a Q and A screen for you, so you don't have to stare at my face being all blurry there we go um makes it a lot easier that way let's jump into the chat box uh, gladstone says hi tom do you think critics uh, talk about our all or nothing documentary only when people mentioning about the documentary when we're a winning team oh that's a really good question i think that when we're not winning it's a lot more drama there's a lot more drama surrounding arsenal when we're not winning games i think that when you consider the fact that Dropping points could equal a an awful, disastrous end to the season. It makes sense that that, that would be brought up, that there could be uh, a catastrophic end to Arsenal's campaign. But also, we've had some really big moments that are going to be in the documentary. You consider the, um, the Chelsea game, the Manchester United game, hopefully the North London derby. But yes, I think a lot more people do talk about the all or nothing series when things aren't going so well. Um, and there's probably a big reason for that. Uh, Lynn says, uh, Mares, what is going on at City? Yeah, Mares could be leaving in the summer. Uh, he is getting on a bit now, Mares. He is 31, 32 years of age, I think. So I would be looking at City replacing him with probably a younger option. And they're trying to make as much money as they can back from Jesus and Mares this summer that could be used to then effectively pay for Erling Haaland, whose release clause is around the £75 million uh, 
I think, figure, maybe even less than that. It's not as big as people think it is. Uh, and supposedly, it runs out at the weekend too. So they're going to have to be pretty quick about activating that release clause and getting Erling Haaland into the team. We'll know a lot more about Erling Haaland's future next week, that's for sure. Uh, let's scroll up a little bit. Olu says, hey, Tom, was Alisson worth 67 million or Van Dijk worth 70 million when Liverpool signed them? The answer is no. If he had really, uh, if he really takes us to the next level, I think that Van Dijk was worth 70 million pounds when they signed him. Alisson, I'll agree with you. I didn't really know too much about him. I didn't think he was going to be worth 67 million. But Van Dijk, yeah, he was the most archetypal, perfect centre-back for a Premier League team to sign and so was absolutely worth um, the £70 million they paid at the time for Virgil van Dijk. And he's proven to be that perfect player for them uh, for the foreseeable future. I mean, he's still 30. He's got plenty of years ahead of him still. So I do think he was. Alisson, I'll agree with you. I think that was a, a very high price at the time that has later proved its worth. But I understand what you're saying about needing to pay big for certain players, but there's differences between those two. Van Dijk in particular is a Premier League proven player. Spending that much on an outfield player, it's it's justified. But 100 million euros on Ozymen, I'm sorry, I just couldn't. I just could not uh, agree to paying that kind of fee. Axel says, I hate that we have called our interest in Darwin Nunez. I think he would be the perfect fit together with Gabriel Jesus. He can play at the left as well, like Tammy, but he can also play in the middle. Um, I think that you'll probably see the links to Darwin Nunez reappear upon the end of the season. It's just gone quiet because the focus is now on Aussie men. It's just, you see these like, links, they go through cycles of reappearing and disappearing so i would be surprised if he isn't linked to the arsenal again in the summer transfer window uh javid says greetings from texas would you prefer enketia to stay over bringing in tony absolutely not javid i would rather bring in ivan tony um than allow andy enketia to say uh, to stay but i would want to have discussions around tony's attitude towards brentford and make him realize that he needs to grow up a bit more and be more respectful of a club that he joins in the summer that's for sure tony says what would you do re the right back situation next season move cedric on i think that's fine i think you bring in a fullback that can be versatile and i think nahuel uh, molina is a player that can play at right back right wing back right wing central midfield left mid he's played at lots of different positions a left wing back and right wing back so it makes sense to go for someone like him because it means that you've got a versatile player that could play at left back if Tierney's injured and Tavares isn't deemed good enough and you don't necessarily block the path for uh, Brook Norton Cuffey to get some games as well. So I would probably attack the situation something like that. Uh, Harold, thank you so much for the donation. That's really kind of you, mate. Uh, only player in the Premier League that can replace KDB is Martin Odegaard. Scary. Uh, I love that. I love the fact that we're rating Martin Odegaard as highly as that. He's nowhere near the level of De Bruyne just yet, but he's certainly got the potential to become a world-class player. I have no doubts about that. Uh, Christopher says, Tom, why isn't there a clamour for Bellingham? He's an Arsenal fan. If we get Champions League, if we sign him and tap uh, and get a top forward and some depth, then it could be a really pushing us towards the next level. I think it's because of the price tag, mainly. I think that Arsenal aren't going to be looking to spend £100 million odd on a player. I don't think that Dortmund are under any pressure to sell him. And I also think that Liverpool's interest in Drew Bellingham will probably see them sign him in the next couple of years, at least. So I think that's why. But, but there's probably not a clamour because people don't feel like we could spend the amount of money that it would take to sign him in the summer. That's probably why you don't see as many people calling for it. 
Uh, Geelong says, Tom, considering the fact that we will be in Europe next season, don't you think two strikers and a midfielder will still not be enough for squad depth? Ooh, uh, I think that two strikers, a midfielder, a right back and a wide forward is enough. But you're right, just those three aren't going to be enough. But I think a fullback, a wide forward, two forwards in terms of kind of central players that maybe have the versatility of Gabriel Jesus and a central midfielder. Five is what I would be looking at trying to do this summer window. I watched Dan Potts' thing talking about eight. I don't think eight is the right number, but he is more critical about players than I am like um, Granite Xhaka, for instance. So yeah, I know there are people that say we need more than five, but I think five would be enough. Uh, Amir says, Tom, I agree with you on a lot of things, but in my opinion, Mikel deserves a new contract if he finishes fifth. It's just hard for me to understand that if you finish fourth, you're amazing, but fifth is not good enough. Um, I don't think it's about not being good enough. I just want to see more. Um, I'm not sacking him if he doesn't finish in the top four. I'm just not handing him a new contract if we finish outside the top four. So I kind of want to see what things happen. He's committed to Arsenal. I have no doubt about that. And by the way, I think he will sign a new contract. I'd be surprised if it wasn't announced before the end of the season, to be fair. I think that Mikel Arteta will sign a new deal at Arsenal no matter what happens come the end of the season. It's just my view that I would wait if he doesn't finish in the top four. If he gets top four, I without a shadow of a doubt, just give him that new contract. I would wait if he didn't know, just to kind of give Arsenal still control. We don't need to, you know, tie ourselves down in this situation. We can keep the control uh, with us. Uh, King says, Tom, what about Yusuf Atal? He can play both sides. He would be the perfect option. He's too attacking, in my opinion. I think his defensive side of his game is quite similar to that of the way we talk about Tavares. It's not good enough for me. Now, Melina, on the other hand, has got a lot more uh, to offer in the defensive sense. So Atal, not for me. Cass says, listening to podcast with David Ornstein, and he said, although Arsenal have held talks regarding Jesus, he wouldn't count out Calvert-Lewin as someone that Arsenal are very interested in. No thank you for me. Not interested in Calvert-Lewin anymore. I just think his season has tailed away and you know it's just he's just not been good enough and we should be targeting a higher level of striker in the summer. David, if Gnabry was coming back in the summer, I'd be very, very happy. Bradley, yes. Carl Walker-Peters, I think, would be a very, very sensible option to try and bring in, although he is expert, so I don't know how keen he would be on a move to Arsenal. Manu says, with Nelson leaving, who from Hale End is more ready to step up in the cup games? Salah or, or Ed, uh, Eddie Hutchinson? Amari Hutchinson. Who would be the best to step up? I think Hutchinson would be the more likely of the two. Uh, Salah Adin plays more centrally. Hutchinson is more of your winger um, to replace Nelson, more of an attacking kind of wide midfielder. So uh, that's that's where we sit, I think, on those two. Murray Hutchinson's the most likely, but we also need to make sure that we get him signed up to a brand new contract. Uh, Big Fats of Lucky says, do you also think prioritising a Partey backup is crucial? Do we trust Lukonga? I trust Lukonga to be the backup to Partey. I think we need to add another central midfielder into the group to be competitive. That could be someone that can compete with Lukonga. But I, I trust Lukonga, yes. I looked at the first half of the season, I thought he was great. He was out of the team for a long, long time, has come in and then been exposed by asking him to play as the lone pivot. When he's put in a pair, I think he really, really works. Stevie says, Tom, are we still interested in Tyler Adams? The club has had an interest in Tyler Adams for an extended length of time. It's not been acted upon. It's not looked serious, but they certainly have him on their radar. That's for sure. Uh, Sandal says, uh, or Sandile, rather. I always get it mixed up. <laughs> the Arsenal squad still needs more than just two or three big signs that Edu spoke of. Another 
huge summer. I think that the two big signings in terms of kind of your marquee top quality players, I think that's great if we get two of those world-class players like Liverpool when they've got Alisson and Van Dijk. And then you add to that with greater squad depth and quality as well. I think that is certainly what we need to do. Um, Safiso says, would you get two midfielders and send Lukonga out on loan? I, I mean, happily, I'd go out and get two midfielders if we can get them. I just don't think it's realistic to think of two central midfielders. I think we'll go for one. And I think we'll go for two forwards, maybe even a wide forward on top of that. And hopefully a fullback as well that's versatile enough to play on either side. Timothy Castagna is a great example of one that you can get that plays on both sides. Uh, Christopher says, should there be an open top bus parade when we announce Saka's new contract? We've got to get him to sign it first. That's for sure. Tony says, 27 likes. Come on, guys, show some love. Let's drop some likes on the video, people, if you haven't done so already. Really appreciate it. I'm sorry that there's the imagery of the show's not as great as it usually is. Uh, we're going to get onto Sky about our awful, awful internet connection uh, and try and sort that out because it's not, frankly, it's just not good enough. Uh, uh, Freddie says, Jesus, Tammy, Tillemans, I would be a happy boy. D says, hey, if we win our next two games, we would be guaranteed Europe next season and should really focus hard on winning them. I think if we win our next two games and Spurs drop points in the next two games, we can actually confirm top four at Spurs' ground. So it's a big opportunity for us. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. Slightly shorter show. Apologies for that, but I'm conscious about the internet connection and it not being good enough to sustain it for a, an entire show. I'm going to try and sort that out soon. There isn't going to be a show tomorrow morning because I'm working early, but we will be back on Saturday. So make sure you tune in on Saturday morning for the next 8am series. And of course, you've got the West Ham game on Sunday. I'm not working that day, so we will be doing a live show on the whistle of the West Ham game. Very much looking forward to that one. Um, so you'll be able to tune in live for that. I'll see you again very, very soon. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you as it always is. Drop a like, subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.